0: Hello and welcome to Pelvic Floor at Its Core, the only podcast out there that is brought to you by a women's health medical technology company. I am your host, Shravya Cavella, Pelvic Floor Physical Therapist and Business Development Manager at Flight by Pelvidol. We have a unique approach at Pelvidol. We believe our product, Flight, can provide life-changing outcomes, but we also know that no single treatment is right for everyone. We are therefore working hard to increase the collective knowledge out there about the importance of the pelvic floor, because the more we work together, the more we can work towards increasing access to pelvic floor care so all women can truly live their best lives. On this podcast, I bring on pelvic health experts to talk about a variety of topics that any and every woman and clinician can relate to and learn from. It's always informative, always interesting, and we always have fun. So let's get into it. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Pelvic Floor at its core. We are talking about all things pregnancy and postpartum today, specifically how to really advocate for yourself, as well as really great actionable advice to prioritize your pelvic health, well, even before you actually have a baby. This is a topic that every single person, mom or not, should learn more about. In fact, did you know that studies show that 77% of postpartum women had low back pain that interfered with daily tasks, or that nearly 65% of women reported sexual dysfunction in the first year following childbirth? or that in France, women are automatically prescribed paid for pelvic floor training after childbirth, whereas in the United States, one in four moms return to work just two weeks after childbirth. Our guest today, Kelsey Beach, is a doctor of physical therapy and pelvic health specialist located in Kansas City and owner of Encore Therapy and Performance. Her mission focuses on empowering women during their reproductive years, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. You'll get to hear Kelsey's journey during her first pregnancy and childbirth, and it is certainly a journey, and how it motivated her to start her practice. This has been one of my favorite episodes to record, and you'll definitely hear why as you listen to it. So buckle up, and here we go. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? doing well very excited to have you on pelvic floor at its core super excited to talk everything pregnancy postpartum with you awesome i want to jump right into it i know that you had a personal experience that kind of brought you to your mission with your Mm -hmm. practice and i saw your mission on your website and just felt like it was so great it's very specific you had written to empower women to rediscover their bodies starting from the pelvic floor and core specifically talking about how you will teach them about the changes their bodies will go through during their reproductive years and how they can manage their own symptoms and Mm -hmm. advocate for their healing. So a ton Mm -hmm. of women empowerment in there. I love it. Mm -hmm. Share a little bit with us, just your own experience and what brought you to that specific mission. So the week
1: I quit my job was the week I actually found out I was pregnant. And the initial goal of Encore was a to help women rediscover their bodies starting from their pelvic floor. I've been in pelvic PT for almost 10 years and Every patient that I'd have come through clinic, even in these last 10 years, had always no idea what their pelvic floor was. Primary of my training had been in actually chronic pelvic pain. So you have these women coming in chronic pelvic pain, you have no idea what their pelvic floor is. So I thought with buying business, I want to keep going off that to keep empowering women to rediscover their bodies, but kind of take it in a smaller niche. But then the week I find out I'm pregnant and the week I quit my job. Only no longer week big week later, week for you, very big week. <laughs> I start seeing a midwife. I absolutely adore my midwife, but I realized at that point, oh my gosh, this demographic of patients, pregnancy, knows absolutely nothing about their pelvic floor or the changes their bodies go through during pregnancy and postpartum. So my business actually had a complete (laughs) rebrand almost a month or two in to gear towards pregnancy and postpartum to get the education out about what happens to your body. Pregnancy is 100% physical. We go through a giant physical change by growing another human being within our bodies. And all of this growth and change happens at and around the pelvic floor in our reproductive area. My midwife never during my pregnancy asked me how my pelvic floor was feeling or asked me, Mm -hmm. how's your body feeling? It was always come in, check my weight, and then check my blood pressure. They never said, how's your body feeling? And so my goal with Encore is to A, just Teach women about what their pelvic floor is and what happens to that pelvic floor during pregnancy. And then on the postpartum side, teach you how to use this whole new body that you get after you have a baby. Mm -hmm. We stigmatize the whole bounce back. You have to do this. And no one realizes how the heck to use this body that went through a huge nine month change. Right. Absolutely. And and we just kind of treated like, Oh yeah, you just had a baby. Like, just go on with your life. Like what? I also forgot to mention two weeks before I found out I was pregnant, I had actually had a hip labral repair with an FAI repair. Oh my goodness. And so with that, I had to do 12 weeks of rehab. And this was a pretty minor surgery right? and I pushed a baby out of my vagina and no one said, yeah, you just had a pretty major, not traumatic experience, but a pretty major physical change of your body. No one mentioned rehab.
0: Right. And we're asking you about your pelvic floor muscles, like you mentioned.
1: Yes. It's just crazy.
0: My goal is just, as I said,
1: to teach women about their bodies and what the heck happens to it during our reproductive years
0: and why do you think that there exists like such a lack of resources in our society for perinatal and pregnant women is that how society looks at pregnancy like this is normal you just need to deal with it is it something in the medical community i feel like there's going to be collaboration here you know i feel like it's going to be all of that together but yes what do you think uh, my thought
1: is women have been having babies since the beginning of time birth providers, and I'm going to completely pigeonhole OBs because they dominate the birth provider world. Mm-hmm. I think OBs just see it as, well, yeah, when have we doing this forever? Whatever happens is just normal and you kind of just deal with it. But I think we're seeing a shift in our moms and they're saying, oh, wait, this isn't normal. And the shift of pelvic PTs that are coming forward and saying, you're right, mom, that's not normal. And I can actually treat it. Mm-hmm. We're seeing this bigger and bigger boom, and we're graced with this beautiful free platform of marketing called Instagram, Facebook, social media, and we can put our experiences out there a lot more quicker Mm -hmm. and show, yeah, this actually isn't as pretty as we thought. Oh, and she has this experience too. I think we're kind of banding together as women and saying, oh, this is common, not normal. Right. And then I'm seeing other providers pop up in this world that can actually treat it.
0: Right. Like, why does it have to be pretty? You know, it's so glorified. <sighs> like, oh, you're pregnant. Let's take all these photos, which is so wonderful. We should celebrate that. That's great. But also, it's okay to have these other things going on. Yes, like, that your is, body
1: is totally changing. I know. It's, and there's, there's one thing I've really geared towards my social media and my marketing as a PT is – not glorify the postpartum stage like the fourth trimester on and we always say once you're postpartum you're postpartum forever and my Instagram is by no means this beautiful like Scandinavian Cephia tone like (laughs) pretty rainbows like most of the time I'm in sweats most of the time I don't have makeup on I've yet to figure out how to film a really pretty video and I want moms to see like girlfriend I'm in the trenches with you like
0: Like, that's beautiful too, you
1: know? It is. And I love that. And I agree. I mean, we're finally going to do family pictures with our son this Mm -hmm. month, actually. And I went to the store today and I was like, I'm going to pick out a really cute outfit. And this photo shoot is going to be 15 minutes of our time. And that's it. Like, (laughs) it is a snapshot highlight reel. And then we're probably all going to go home, put our sweatpants on.
0: Such a good perspective. Mm Yeah. Yeah like enjoy mm-hmm. it. It's great. It's wonderful. But there's more more to it, Agreed. More to it than that. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. So if you were at your six weeks postpartum visit, you're seeing your <sighs> OB, mm-hmm. what are you listening for? And how can you advocate for yourself in that visit based on what you're hearing?
1: Such a good question. And I think the past year has been such a complete excuse my language, shit show of the six-week follow-up because I have moms that come in and their six-week follow-up was virtual. Right. No one even saw their vulva or vaginal area or cesarean scar. Right. And I think, and my midwife, she even told me, I told her, I was like, hey, I'm having prolapse symptoms. I'm having XYZ. I am having some post-void dribble. Mm-hmm. You know, I checked in with a friend who's a pelvic PT. She did do an assessment on me what do you want to do, midwife? And she's like, nothing, you're fine. And mm-hmm. I thought, what? And she didn't even check me. Like right. I didn't even have assessment. And it was that moment where I thought, oh my gosh. Yeah. OB care quits when that baby comes out. And that's right? fine. That's Their job is to deliver babies. Their job is not to rehab pelvic floors, abdominal cesarean scars. That's not their job. And so
0: mm-hmm. I think-
1: you know what I'm listening to when my mom's come in, I asked, how did your appointment go? And they tell me and I say, okay, perfect. Ask for a referral if it's a state that needs a referral for PT. But, you know, get out there and find the care that you need because your care stops with your OB when that baby comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. They do Like right? I said, they do, I don't ever want to deliver a baby. Oh, like same. my job is not to deliver a baby. I want to rehab your pelvic floor and your core and your whole entire body, I don't want to deliver your baby. Right. And OBs, midwives, whomever your birth provider is, they don't want to rehab your pelvic floor. That's not their job. Right. And so just changing that narrative and educating the community and saying, that's where their job ends. Here's where our job starts. It's kind of what I'm hearing coming out of these six-week appointments.
0: So I'm hearing from you that if you go into your six-week appointment, your OB's not asking you about your pelvic floor it's okay to ask. It's totally okay to say, hey, what about my pelvic floor? Can I have a referral? And a lot of states, I think almost, I think all states have direct access now. Mm -hmm. Well, so direct access for those who aren't listening and are not aware means that you can go see a pelvic floor physical therapist or just a regular physical therapist without A referral from your doctor. Each Mm -hmm. state has some different rules about how long you can see that provider for, but it is available. So you might just make an appointment and then learn that information from your PT. Yes. And they can guide you. Agreed. Well, let me ask you this because I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist and Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but it is so hard for me to not get involved with friends and family who are pregnant or postpartum and say, hey, are you advocating for yourself? But it's tough, right? Because I feel like I have so many friends and family who are just such smart, wonderful, incredible, capable women and are just so caught up in their busy lives. It's a totally stressful time. They mm-hmm. have a newborn and they're working, completely valid, crazy lives but they will not prioritize their pelvic health. And I wanna ask you and see your opinion on that. How do we continue to support these women and how do we continue to raise awareness and create resources for these women who may know that something isn't normal, but are just Mm -hmm. so busy and just have a tough time advocating for themselves? How do we support them to eventually, like you said, postpartum is life, to get to a place where they can seek care?
1: Such a good question. And I wish I had the best answer and I don't because being that new mom, it was so hard to think of myself. Mm -hmm. And I think what I tell my moms, and I even did a social media post about this the other day, is that, you know, you can ask at your birth registry, at your, what do we call these, baby showers, Mm -hmm. ask for funds to go towards postpartum doulas pelvic floor PT, go get a massage. You can ask for that or even ask your partner, say, can I take one hour a week to go take care of myself? It might have this, you know, a fund labeled to it that is not in our budget. So can we ask friends and family for that instead of buying a $300 car seat? Those are still hard conversations to have because pelvic PTs, we're still new. We've been around for a bit, but we're still kind of new. Finding that time, finding that one hour a week, and I tell my new moms, it's my goal is not to see them forever, but I need to see them enough to teach them about their bodies and then build them this beautiful toolkit for everything that they can do at home. And once you tell them that, that this is, I don't want to see you for twelve straight weeks. When I was in group clinic, every patient that came through my door, I had to see them for initial eval and then schedule them almost three months out Mm -hmm. because we knew insurance, we could get the most out of them that way. Yeah, but once I went solo in cash, I said, "Hey, Mama, I see you. I'm in that trench with you. I'm going to walk alongside you on this journey, and let's maybe start once a week for a couple weeks, and then let's taper up because I know you have, you have your mom life to tend to, and that's hard." Yeah. Um, I had a discussion with my husband about that, and mine was postpartum mental health awareness. I was struggling with postpartum anxiety, and I asked my husband. I said, "I need once." and I think my group met every other week. I said, every other week, I need time to myself to go to this postpartum anxiety group because I need to be a, a good human being. And my husband was like, obviously, I think this is a good idea.
0: <laughs> that is so great to hear that it you is did that because that yes. is and it's so hard. It is so hard. And we shouldn't underestimate that.
1: We shouldn't. but And I think mm-hmm. the same thing goes with pelvic floor physical therapy is that these changes are not changes that we have to live with, but we also then have to get over the initial hump of our OBs telling us, oh yeah, the first year is just kind of everything's normal. So just deal with it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then once the first year is gone, it's the second year and life has moved on and exactly. you had your baby a year ago. So why do anything? No, exactly. totally.
1: Or you have another one or you something, right. uh, and I've really learned as a new mom and a business owner it will always be something, something Mm -hmm. will always happen. Like for instance, I was late to our call today because my car was dying. Like (laughs) there will always be something that gets in the way. And so just reconfiguring how to even take one hour a week Mm -hmm. to care for
0: yourself. I love how practical that advice is and you gave some really great suggestions in there. Hey, everyone, just popping in mid episode to say that this podcast is brought to you by Flight by Pelvidol. Check out our website at www.flighttherapy.com. All right, back to the show. I want to bring things back a little bit to kind of the biomechanical angle. Yes. And ask you about what very specific things do you wish your patients or just just women in general knew before or during pregnancy to really prepare them for an improved quality of life.
1: Oh my gosh, don't just only do Kegels. That is yeah. like the answer to everyone's pelvic prayers is just do Kegels. And I wish we quit taking that label away of Kegels are the answer mm-hmm. and really educate women on the biomechanical aspect of your body is going to change in three different planes of motion. And this is like the PT nerds in us right now. Like we have three planes of motion in the body and biomechanically your body will change through all three of those planes. And then to birth a baby, that baby comes through those three planes of motions to even descend out. Mm-hmm. So doing Kegels, which is a one plane contraction is not the answer to a birthing your child and learning how to use our body to traverse those three planes of motion to get our baby out is key. And Mm -hmm. I say that out loud and moms are gonna hear that and be like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that even mean? But that's where pelvic PTs come in and we can teach you how to use our bodies to move correctly biomechanically through these three planes of motion during pregnancy for less pain, more stability. And then during labor and delivery to help push a baby out, I am a firm believer, and we're not meant to push babies out on our backs with our legs up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because that's actually how my child—that's the only way my child was coming out. Oh gosh, he was stuck. He did not want to budge, and so that's what we had to do. But I labored in multi-plane. Positions because that's how we have to use our bodies, and that's where coming back right. to what I was saying is pregnancy labor and delivery is a hundred percent physical. So leave it to the PTs to help us teach you how to get ready for that.
0: Right, and that was a really
1: long answer to your question.
0: No, it was a great answer. I think what you said is so insightful about there being these three planes because I always say like Kegels can be part of the answer, but Agreed. it's not the only answer. And it's just really important to have that education and awareness. I think there's a lot of women out there who are pregnant and don't know that you can labor in other positions. Like when, in what movie have we seen someone labor in Um, another position? Right. It's like,
1: it's. I know. Yeah. It's probably some indie film that like never even made it to big screen because it shows a reality of life that just people don't like seeing. We're we're right. we're taught we're ingrained in our minds. On your back, legs up in stirrups, with like six people yelling at you to push.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Curious in your experience because mm-hmm. you had that hip surgery or that hip pain. Wow. Yes. How was that for you? Because I know just with your legs up in the air, that hip in that position for a prolonged period of time. Curious mm-hmm. how you so did the,
1: that. The rule was when we got to. The hospital because I had a midwife birth at a hospital. We told everyone no one can touch my right hip but my husband. That because it was I had right hip surgery, and I said that hip is off limits for anyone to touch. It cannot move past a certain range because I said I'm not going to put my body through anything to re tear a labrum. I had a 33 hour labor and then I pushed for three more. Okay. In my pushing phase, I was and I did get an epidural. I was on my sides, my right side, my left side lying, and then I was even on all fours. Another really good thing with labor and delivery is to get your hip into internal rotation. And so before we got my epidural, I told my husband, I was like, check to see how far this hip can go, Mm. like that I'm comfortable with. And I teach this too in my birth prep class is, if you do opt to get an epidural, more power to you, but check to see what your mobility is before you get that epidural because once you get it, mm. someone can pull or move your leg into that position and you're not going to have any good sensation for it. So right, kind of with me, yeah, the rule was no one can touch my hip, but my husband and we had to check it to kind of see how far the range would go before My epidural was full force.
0: And did he do that with you right there in the hospital? Or was that something you guys had checked before? We we had talked about
1: it. We talked about it before. Mm -hmm. And then in the hospital too, when I, I was so like I said, I was pushing for about at around two and a half hours. My midwife came in and she's like, I know you don't want to birth a baby on your back, but he is not budging. This is our first intervention. I need you to get on your back push and it was closed glottis push which i also don't loving she's like let's just at least try this and see what happens Mm -hmm. and she's like we're gonna honor the hip we're not gonna so i didn't do stirrups i had my husband hold my right leg the whole time
0: nice um
1: and then, so that was nice because that gave me a more autonomy. So that's kind of the one reason I was comfortable getting in that position and
0: right. quote, unquote,
1: pushing the old way. My midwives, they're like, you do what you need to do. But this is our first line of intervention mm-hmm. to get him to move. And, and it worked. But yeah, it was scary. And luckily, my hip came out okay and good. still rehabbing it every day. Yeah. And moving forward with it.
0: There you go. Well, I think it's really inspiring to others who are listening that you came in with a plan and yes, yes, it changed and you made it work and things were okay, but you were still advocating for yourself and you have your partner and you were, you were using your partner, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's okay to do.
1: How great is that? It was amazing. And I tell all my women in my birth prep, I say, be open to the edits. Have a plan, but be open to the edits because, you know, I'm teaching you the physical therapy aspect of this. I don't deliver babies. Your birth providers do. Right. This is what they're good at. So take their cues, listen to them, and be open to what edits they have because ultimately they know how to get babies out. I don't.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, Kelsey, let's go right into our case study since we got into this great conversation about your experience. Mm -hmm. So let's start with just some of the key things that we should know about the women in your case study, like a subjective history or things that stood out to you. Yeah.
1: So the one that I'm going to pinpoint is it's a gal that I've been seeing. She is three months postpartum. She is an amazing active. you know, She loves exercise. She loves group classes. She loves strength training. She had her first baby. She advocated for herself. She's like, I need to get some pelvic PT, came to me with her symptoms. And I told her, I said, it sounds like you have prolapse. And she said, what's that? That's the most common thing is so many of my women have no idea what prolapse is. So I did a prolapse screen on her. She indeed had kind of grade two bladder prolapse, rectal prolapse. Now, completely common for vaginal deliveries. I actually have that stage as well. And I told her, I said, okay, here's what you have. Here's your option. We can do pelvic PT. And all these women at this phase, I always send them to the local urogynecologist that I love. And I say, get fitted for a pessary. I love pessaries. I'm obsessed with pessaries. So she went, she advocated for herself. She went and got fitted for a pessary came back, saw me, said it fits great, had an OB appointment. She told her OB, you know, I'm seeing Kelsey pelvic PT. I saw the provider that she likes for your old guy and I got fitted for a pessary. Um, And Kelsey,
0: real quick, just tell us what a pessary is.
1: A pessary is a small medical silicone device that you insert into the vagina to help give your organs the support they need while we're going through our kind of at any stage of life, but I love them postpartum. It helps give the organs a need while the body is still continuing to heal from the huge change, hormonally, connective, tissuely, and musculoskeletally from labor and delivery. It's just a simple device that you insert in and it lifts everything back as where it needs to, to help. Like I said, with the healing and help give the pelvic floor a little bit of extra relief to work on strengthening. Right. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So my patient goes back to her OB, says this X, Y, Z, and her OB says, Oh yeah, everything that you're going through is normal. That's why I don't ever refer out for PT or passerase.
0: Oh man, even after she had seen you and the urogyne.
1: Yep. And we've been working on some beautiful retraining, different positional training for the pelvic floor relief. And my patient just looked at me and she said, I've made so many gains with you and these changes than I would have had just listening to my OB just say, this is just normal. That's powerful. yeah. And that was the study, the case study that I was thinking about, and we've been working on, as I said, like beautiful positional relief to relieve the prolapse, to fire the pelvic floor a little bit better. Triplane motion, which I love. We work, and we've actually got her back to strength training. Um, That's great, very modified positions. And she told me the other day, she's like, "I feel so much more normal, even picking up like a five-pound weight and moving it."
0: Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. it was just so
1: powerful, and she just thinks. But my OB just thought, no, this is just normal. You just have to deal with this during the first year.
0: Right. Right. And these interventions that you did Well, let me back up to that. So what does positional relief and triplane motion look like in specifics to this case
1: study? So with what I do with a lot of my prolapse girls is when we're teaching them how to engage their pelvic core system, I always start with them on their backs just because gravity lessened positions that we typically know we like to test in. But then the positional reliefs is we actually do like a supported blocked bridge, meaning like I put a yoga block under their hips lift them up into a bridge position. And that allows the organs to actually fall back a little bit into the pelvic cavity and unweight that pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of work pelvic floor in that stage. And then we also do on all fours, head down, pro, like on elbows and forearms to also give a little bit of relief training in that system. And once we kind of find the position that they feel that they get the best pelvic core contraction out of, then we start working triplane motion. Meaning, we challenge the pelvic core system moving side to side, front and back, and even kind of these circles, weighted and unweighted, to challenge that pelvic floor. Because, like I said, pelvic floor is just a one plane motion contraction. It's up, down, up, down, up, down. Well, close lift and up, down. But when we challenge it with these other triplane motions, we make it work a little bit harder to get that body moving. Because as moms, as human beings, we're moving through all three of these planes all. Day. Long. Mm-hmm. Yep. Challenging them in that system is just a great way for them to start learning how to use that pelvic core system with these small movements. And then as we grow and change and get stronger, we then we can add weight, we can do bigger motions and just keep challenging those.
0: How is she doing
1: today? She's doing great. She's amazing. Um <laughs> she's so fun. She's just such a rad girl to work with and just seeing now. Honoring what the OB is saying, we don't see a huge change in prolapse system in the first six months. Mm-hmm. Um, the body's still really healing from what happened during labor and delivery, but she is feeling more comfortable. She's feeling more confident. She's having less urinary leakage and she's moving just better. And those
0: are all wins.
1: Huge wins. We totally. don't have to reinvent the wheel in this first year of postpartum. We just have to help women coming back, rediscover their bodies find their pelvic floors, and move comfortably and confident.
0: Yeah. That is the perfect ending to this episode. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, thank you so much for your expertise. I thank love you. how passionate you are specifically about pregnancy and postpartum. And you're doing really, really awesome work. Your patients are thank lucky you to so have much. you.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that.
0: I just want to make sure everyone knows where they can find you on Instagram, your website. So if you want to just throw that out there real quick. Go yes.
1: Ahead. My Instagram is Encore Therapy KC. You can find me there. I love living that real mom life world. I post all about that. And then my website is the same, KC.com.
0: Perfect. Can confirm it is real mom life on there. Pretty cool mm-hmm. stuff that she posts. <laughs> so guys, check it out. And Kelsey, I will catch up with you later. Thank you yes. so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Pelvic Floor at its core. Quick disclaimer for you, Flight by Pelvidol is approved for pelvic floor strengthening and SUI only. All information provided on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace medical advice. Always seek out a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have about a medical condition. And if you have a question about Flight and its indications for use, please see our website at flighttherapy.com and that's it see you next time on the next episode of pelvic floor at its core